Welcome to the Management Minute with Dr. Donita Brown, where we sit down with business leaders to gain valuable insights and advice on how to navigate the world of management. Whether you're a seasoned manager or just starting out, this podcast is for you. I'm Donita Brown, a professor in the College of Business at Lipscomb University. I'm also an author, speaker, and habit coach. For almost 20 years, I worked in corporate America. I managed teams of two to 102. Welcome to this week's episode. This week's guest is J.J. Rosen. Welcome, J.J. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Well, let's get started. Let's start with your one-sentence bio. All right. I was thinking about this as I was walking in here. My name is J.J. Rosen. I'm the CEO and janitor of Atiba Software Consulting Services, an IT tech consulting group, and I am a half geek, half human. I love that. Half geek and half human. I think I'm already going to say that there's two things, that you're, duality that you're going to talk about during this podcast. So tell me why you get to be the janitor and the CEO. Well, let's see. I started when I got into to this business, um, I was just out of college. So I was, uh, I guess, 22. And I was, was just me at the time, which means you're kind of you know wearing multiple hats, doing essentially everything. And even as we've grown a bit by bit as a smaller business, you know, you're doing a bit of everything. And it's changed some over the past 10 years as we've you know added more people and had more infrastructure. But still, I like to be you know in multiple roles and helping out in any way I can. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's get started with the first question. You ready? Sure. How do your values impact your management philosophy? That's a good question. So I kind of started thinking about this sort of uh, idea way, way back when I first was forced to kind of a little bit more from a techie to a manager. And I kind of got caught on this line that like we call it internally, everything is personal. So there's the line you kind of hear in the business world that says, oh, it's, it's nothing personal. It's just business. And I, I guess I realized that's, at least for me, that's not really true. Like when it comes down to it, we're all just people and it's just you, you know, you're, whether you're at home or at work, it's still a, a person and still, still you're, you're yourself. And so I basically try to manage in a way that the same way you would hang out with your friends or, or treat someone that you cared about. So that's kind of the driving idea behind at least the way I have approached things. I love that. Everything is personal. You know, so many times we hear it's not personal. It's just business. And I, that's always kind of hurt my heart when I've heard that because we are people. And if we can treat people like they are people, we always get, you know, whatever is going to happen is always going to be yeah, better. Yeah. It, yeah. I remember I, I Googled that, that line like, oh, it's nothing personal. It's just business. And that's actually from like a mafia thing. Like, a you know, it's accredited to someone like a like a hitman. And so that seemed kind of scary. And so, yeah, I figured better be far away from that. And so I, I think that's that's kind of been the way, at least for me, that's that's worked and that's most comfortable. That's great. Can you give us a story about what do you mean by business being personal? Yeah. So I guess it's been about eight or nine years ago. I was trying to think of what perks we could offer our, our crew, you know, that would be meaningful. And I started researching this and, you know, there'd be like academic studies that would be like, well, you know, gym memberships, you know, would be a number one thing or something's even said that people don't want perks. They just want more salary. Mm. So it was kind of all over the board, often contradicting each other, like these various kind of, you know, studies I was reading about online. And so it kind of hit me that that makes sense 
just because we're all different people and have different needs. And, you know, it depends on your life circumstance, you know, as to what, what type of perk would be, you know, helpful for you. So uh, we invented this thing called the personal perks program. And so the first year we did this, I met with every single person individually, one-on-one, and I just asked them like what sort of things could we do to help you? What kind of perks would be valuable to you? And it was interesting and as expected, it was all over the board. Mm. I remember one person wanted to be able to work from Puerto Rico for the summer. I was like, okay, that sounds good. Another person, she wanted to see if she could work four days a week to spend more time with her daughter. It's like, okay, we can work that out. One guy wanted to become the best Angular programmer that they could, like a you know software platform, and and he was that was his goal. So we we're like, okay, let's figure out what classes we can have to you know for you to do. And anyway, that's like probably the biggest example of everything's personal, and we just personalized you know how we try to support people you know both at work and outside work. That's great, thank you. Before we get to the next question, let's pause for a quick message about Lipscomb University's College of Business. Are you looking to sharpen your management skills and take your career to the next level? If so, look no further than the MBA program at Lipscomb University. Our part-time program is designed to provide you with the knowledge and the tools you need to excel in today's fast-paced business environment. Lipscomb offers both in-person and online formats that make it a perfect fit for full-time working professionals. Apply now and elevate your management skills. Learn more and apply at lipscomb.edu forward slash business. Let's go to question number two. Who or what has had the most impact on your management style? There's been a lot. As the computer consultants, when you're helping different companies with their tech stuff, one advantage is you get to see behind the scenes of like over the years, like thousands of businesses, like big and small. And so I've tried to kind of look at that when you're kind of in the back room, either writing code or fixing a server or whatever to learn from, like, and you can kind of a little bit see what's working and what's not. Overall, there's been a few I've seen that it seems like things are not working. And so in viewing that, that's influenced me in that I didn't want like a culture where it's just yes, people. Like I want to encourage everyone to give an opinion and not fear for their job if they disagree with me or or their you know immediate manager or boss. And then in terms of actual people that have helped me kind of on the positive side, my dad had a small business growing up. He was in the music business. And it's kind of just what I knew, but he was, you know, very good friends with the people he was working with. So the people he was managing, they were also like, you know, kind of became like best friends. And so I know there's a little bit of that line, but back to like, it's personal. I've kind of followed that thing where I'm, I feel like I want to, I guess, break the line of it's supposed to just be, you know, separate work and, and personal and be friendly with the people that I'm working with. And then one other person, the first person that I hired Back in the 90s, his name is Glenn, and he's still with us. He's the best coder I've ever seen still. It's, it's kind of amazing. But he's this country guy, didn't go to college, and he has just, I guess on the human side, he's equally as amazing on that. And so he uh, has a lot of humility and you know, very easy to work with. And so I've kind of a little bit followed his lead along with that of, of my dad's, I would say. That is great. And it's great that you've followed the empl- an employee's lead on the culture for your company. Let me dig into that a little bit because my, my background is healthcare IT. I worked for almost 20 years in healthcare IT before coming to Lipscomb. And one of the things that I really 
worked hard on was hiring the right people. And it sounds like you being in the tech industry really have to make sure that you're hiring the right people. So what do you look for when you're hiring? Yeah, so I agree with you. And you get a lot of lessons learned over the years. And it, it kind of, you know, early on in the dot-com thing, it was sort of like, okay, the, the wrong person is much worse than no person at all. Yes, yes. Like, um, you're better off just not, you know, not taking on the job or whatever than, than having the wrong fit. And so the main things, probably the number one thing that I've looked for, and then I think as a company we look for, is enthusiasm. And it doesn't have to be even about like something in tech, but just if someone can talk about a project they've done in any facet of their life, and if you can kind of tell they really got into it and just like lived and breathed it, that seems to be the main quality that you know helps you do well, at least in tech and, and, and probably just in all of business. So at least that's, that's what's worked for us. What's one of your interview questions you ask? We generally ask, tell me about a project that you've worked on in the past. Doesn't have to be with work, uh, work or personal, and what you liked about it, what you learned from it, and how it turned out. I love that. I love that. I was working for a large healthcare company, worked there for a very long time, and there was a vice president that told me that you're better off not hiring than hiring the wrong person, just exactly what yes. you said. But he said, be careful, because the longer that position is open, the wrong person looks better. That's very true. You become more desperate. Mm -hmm. And so I like uh, that as well from, from what that person passed on to you, because you're right. You know, when you're pushed and you, there's, you know, you're kind of running out of options, it's tempting just to go ahead and, and, and go against your gut sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you ready for question number three? Sure. Okay. What book has made the biggest impact on you? So this is an easy one. Uh, I read this a long time ago, actually, in college. So I was actually a, a psychology major. That was my original plan to work for a year, and then I was going to go back to grad school in psychology. And I guess I just sort of got detoured and never <laughs> never did that. But I read this book by Viktor Frankl. It's called uh, Man's Search for Meaning. And so it's not a business book, but it's you know, kind of a you know, both a powerful and you know, uh, emotional book really about how important it is to find meaning in your life and find some sort of purpose. And so that I've just kept that in mind all the time with work. Like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, you know, what is the purpose of all this time you're spending on this and spending your whole life living and breathing something? And so that's actually been probably the, the biggest influence on me that's kind of helped me and kept me motivated. That is one of my favorite books. There's not a lot of books that I reread, but that's on my list to reread. Yeah, every year. And it's funny because the first time I read that book, I hated it. Like I read it, I'm like, oh, I really don't like it. But then I read it again. It was actually given to me by my dad. My dad said, you really need to read uh, yeah, this book. Yeah. I probably just wasn't at the place where I could really appreciate reading that book. But the second time I read it, I thought there is so much interesting parts about that book. The first part of the book is all, you know, there's almost two parts to that yes. book. The time that he was in concentration camps yeah. and then afterwards, and I, I, it's probably time for me to reread. Yeah. I'm book. the same way. I've reread that multiple times. And usually when I've, you know, have any feeling of burnout or loss, right. you know, uh, at work, especially, but just in general, I'll kind of reread that and, and that'll kind of help me, I guess, uh, yeah. gain focus. Thank you. That's a great one. All right. Are you ready for my favorite part of the show? I mean, this, this sounds pretty rough. It is. It is. So it's going to be 60 seconds of rapid fire question. Your job is to try to make me run out of questions. I've got about 100. We probably can't get through all okay. 100. <laughs> but don't get tripped up. So okay. I'll give you one pass that you can use in this 60 seconds. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, all right. Are you ready? <laughs> yes. What was your first job? 
Uh, I worked at Kroger as a bag bag boy. What's your favorite season? Summer. What's your favorite movie? Rocky Three. What's your favorite color? Red. What word do you hate hearing? No. Who do you text most? Uh, my wife. Who's your hero? My grandfather. Where did you go on your last vacation? Miami. What was your favorite subject in school? English. What's your favorite dessert? Bananas Foster. If you had to change your first name, what would you change it to? Pass. What's your favorite store? Probably, does a restaurant count? Sure. Satco. What's your favorite type of music? Funk. What's your favorite movie genre? Action. Hey, you did pretty good. Okay. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a good that's a good job, so thank you. All right, so your job now is to give parting advice to managers. What's the best advice you can give to managers? One is I think in management, it's important to be genuine. And so I think kind of faking it, especially if you're faking culture, but just even individually, one-on-one, I think that usually makes things worse. And then there's something I've learned over the years, I guess I've called it like the forced overpromise. And especially in tech where it's, you know, very deadline intensive and there's hard things to solve. You know, I think it's important to give people room to just say, I don't know, mm. and just be totally honest with, mm. uh, without fear, as opposed to kind of pushing them to, to promise something that, that they're really you know, not sure about. That's great. That's great. Well, JJ, thank you so much for being this week's guest. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Management Minute. We hope you enjoyed this week's interview. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. If you have suggestions for future guests, please send me their contact information to donita.brown at lipscomb.edu. You can also subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you. This podcast is powered by the College of Business Content Creation Studio at Lipscomb University.